Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Oh, welcome. Welcome to all of our locations. Welcome, Concord. What a, uh, what a joy just to be in the, the house of God with you today and, and so excited about so many things that, that God is doing. To God be the glory. And uh, you saw that we are March 31st, three services, three services, eight. Absolutely. Let's give, let's give God praise and I'll tell you why. It's not just three services, it's more opportunities for more people to hear about Jesus. And so that's Concord and then three in Davidson and expanding there. So seven weekend worship gatherings and uh, talk to somebody who works all night. And, and so just different, different, um, different opportunities for people to hear. But that means, that means if people are going to experience freedom in the house, that means we need more people to help, uh, to, to help be world changers, right? And, and so just this idea of attend one, serve one. And practically this works out because we're we're shortening the serve the uh, times between services so uh the wither up family we're making adjustments too we're not asking you to do anything that we're not willing to do and so with our kids and and uh I, I i talk like it affects me it affects my wife and it affects my my children um but I get in on it because they have my last name. So, uh, but we're making adjustments so we can attend one. Everybody attending one and serving one. I talked. I spoke with uh, Pastor Tom and Betty, our, our founding pastors at CFA, and uh, they're they're moving, but they're they're actually moving a little bit closer to the church. And so Pastor Tom, Pastor Tom's in his, in his 80s. Miss Betty has been battling uh, health problems lately, and so. His body may have, may have looked older, but when he said this, his eyes were, were lighting up like a 16-year-old. He said, pa- Pastor Doug, he said, um, the reason I'm, one of the reasons I'm so excited about moving closer to the church is Miss Betty and I are going to be able to serve more. I'm sorry, I didn't get what your excuse was again. <laughs> right? Like, hey, next generation, I, I summon the world changer in you. Like, let's go. We need, we need you. Um, sign up. If you will do this, go to, the, go to the info counter at all of our locations. You can get a world changer card, this idea of attend one, serve one. And uh, we'll put you through growth track. Growth track is something that everybody needs to go through. You'll just get the heartbeat of CFA, the DNA, and a couple of labs um, to where we're going to train you. And we're not just going to throw you in in an area that you don't enjoy. And I believe Sundays are going to go to a whole nother level. Amen. Amen. Our weekends and Monday nights and all of this. I got to stop saying Sunday because it's like the, it's expanding. Uh, I want to, I want to preach today about uh, a multiply life, a multiply life. Um, see the, the enemy in our lives uh, works in division. How many of you have found that out? The, the enemy wants to divide. He wants to divide households. He wants to divide races. He wants to divide by socioeconomic. He wants to divide by political affinities. The enemy, the enemy works in divi- like the enemy is division. And high school student, you can use that this week. So when your math teacher says we're going to do long division, you can wave your hand. Yes, Bobby. My pastor said division is the devil. You can use that in whatever way suits your needs. So the enemy is trying to divide. And then here's what 
what I know in my own flesh, like when I try to do something, most of the time it's subtraction. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the spirit of Paula Abdul all over you, one step forward and two steps back. It's like you can't get ahead with your paying the bills, one step forward, two step raising your kids, one step forward, two steps back. And then, and then, but you have a few bright spots, you have a few good days, like on your on your best day, your addition, but barely. But here's what I know about the people of God that when God called Abram, so this is in your DNA when God, uh, when God said to Adam and Eve, and I've been reading this over and over again, so every time God renews his covenant with Adam and Eve, with Noah, with Abram, with every time God renews his covenant, he speaks multiply. So here's what I know about you is that you're Abraham's kids, you're Adam's and Eve's kids, and your DNA is connected to Christ himself when you accept him as Lord and Savior. So you have multiply in you. And that's what I believe for your life. How many of you want to multiply life, a multiply ministry, a multiply marriage, all of that? And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. And so I'm going to mix metaphors here. So the parable, go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13. This is the parable of the four soils. But I'm going to mix metaphors. The, the idea is that Jesus wants to invest something of value in your life. And the return, the multiply return, is dependent not on the seed that's sown or the thing that's invested, but the condition of the vehicle in which it's invested into. So let me, let me explain it. Let me jump from uh, soils to money and banks. So I need a volunteer. Need a volunteer to help me, and uh, just, uh, Perry, come on up. I'm not going to embarrass you uh, in any way. You don't even have to grab the microphone. Y'all give Perry a hand as he comes. So, so Perry, uh, what I am going to, I'm going to give you something, and when I say give you, I mean for a period of time, because at the end of this illustration, I'm going to take it back. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you. There are, there are 10 of these uh, Benjamins. Um, and so I'm going to give you this $1,000 in cash. All right. So, uh, right. <laughs> Security. <laughs> so uh, if you'll just take a half step to your left, I'm going to give you four banks, four, not trick question here, but just four possible banks that you could invest this money in. Okay. So the first bank is going to be the Identity Theft Credit Union. Okay, now again, no, no trick questions, good and bad things about this credit union. The good thing is I've done some research and their rate of return is really good, like double digits almost every year. The bad thing is seven out of 10 people who invest in this bank have their identities stolen and they parade around as you and um, it's just basically not good stuff. So would you like to invest any money into identity theft credit union? No, no money there. Okay. Well, I've got to, uh, three other options for you. So the next option we have here is First Bank of the Crash and Burn. And true to its name, so if you follow, I don't have a graph, but if you follow the graph of First Bank of the Crash and Burn, it shoots off like a rocket ship. I mean, into the 20, 30% rate of return. Here's the bad thing with no warning with zero warning, the bottom's going to drop out, and you're not, not only going to lose that money, but you're going to have creditors coming after you for like your house and vehicles and maybe even your children. So would you like to invest in the first bank of crash and burn? No, no money in first bank of the crash and burn. Okay, well, we've got two other options. The option here is choke national. 
Choke National. Now, Choke National's pretty solid. They're not necessarily all the time in double digits, but you know, seven, eight, nine percent a year, so they're solid, but they have, they have fine print. And I've read the fine print, so let me interpret the fine print, and that you are going to lose all of that earnings through taxes and fees. Don't you love the fine print, especially in tax season, as it, you understand the new tax laws, don't you? No, really, do you? Because like, I have a few questions if you do. But uh, taxes, so taxes and fees, you're going to lose everything through taxes and fees. Well, we have one final choice, and that is the Bank of Multiply. The Bank of Multiply. And the great thing about this bank is I've done all kinds of research. I've had our financial team pouring over the Bank of Multiply. And from its inception, over a 6,000-year track record every year, without fail, no matter what the market does. If the market has a good year, 30% of return, 60% of 60% return, and 100% return, like every year. So your, low, your lowest year is going to be 30%. There's no, there's no fine print. It's just you get to invest. So would you like to invest in the bank of Multiply? Wonderful. I'm the president of that bank right now, so I'll take the money bank. <laughs> Y'all give Perry a, a big hand. Thank you very much. And... Hey, Pastor Steve, I want zero responsibility for this right now because this is not my money. This is, yeah, this is the Lord's money. <laughs> We're going to invest it wisely. So, so that's, that's what, see, every time, every time God's word is opened, it's like God is giving out something of value in, in your life. So if I were to say this morning, every one of you gets a thousand bucks, you're in. Like, oh, pa Pastor, would you, would, you take, would you take notes for $1,000? Yeah, Pastor, I'll take notes for $1,000. But you won't take notes for the Word of God? Yeah, go ahead and grab that pen in front of you. And, uh, right, every, every time, every time that God's Word is open, every time you do your devotions, every time somebody, uh, uh, you, dads, when you bring the family around the dinner table and you read a scripture, uh, every, every time the Word of God is preached, every time on Wednesday night the Word of God is taught, every time in a, in a CFA group where you do a study on the Word of God, every time good seed is planted, good seed, valuable seed is planted. And so the rate of return in your life doesn't have to do with who's sowing the seed. God is a good farmer. He's a good banker. It doesn't have to do with the seed itself. The seed is good. The potential of the seed is always there. It has to do with the condition of my heart and the condition of my life. And so I want to preach your heart into a multiply heart. I want to preach your life into a multiply life. Let's go to the word today. Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 3. Jesus is telling this story, and he says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. By the way, when we read this parable, sometimes we think, well, this is a parable about salvation. And it is, and it can be, but it's not just about salvation. It's about the distributing of the word of God. So it could be any Sunday, any devotion, any time you read God's word. Number one, identity theft credit union. Verse four, and here's how I'm going to do this. Jesus tells the story, uh, and then he gives the explanation of it. But I'm going to combine the elements of the story and Jesus' explanation back to back. And you'll see as I, I go from verse four to verse 19. So as he scattered them across his field, some seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. And then the seed fell, on, that seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. 
the evil one comes and snatches. Say snatches. Snatches away the seed. Snatches the seed that was planted in their hearts. Sometimes God gives us a good word. And yet, here's what the enemy does. The enemy, uh, Jesus says, is like a bird that swoops down, these birds that will swoop down and snatch your seed before it has a chance to be planted in that soil. It kind of reminds me, uh, let me explain it like this. It reminds me of uh, uh, beach season, so it's getting ready to be beach season. Anybody excited about beach season and getting your family vacations all planned? Like, it will be, it will be sunny. It will be sunny. In the name of Jesus, it will be sunny. It's not going to rain on your beach week, okay? It's, uh, so, so, but, but I, let me describe your beach experience. Here's your beach experience. So you've got the house rented and, and all the families down there. And there's one family member who always gets up early and goes over. Maybe, maybe you're this person and begins to stake your claim like you are occupying. Back to 2018, you are occupying your beach. You know what I'm talking about? And so you've got your chairs. You've got your umbrella. You've got the cooler. And you are, this is my, like you don't own it, but you own it. Like don't come in my, don't come in my territory. And so you get down there and you stake your claim, and then you get back over. Uh, if you have small children, see, when you were single, you packed a backpack to go to the beach. And, and, and now that you have children, you go back over, and it takes you two hours. <laughs> How does it take two hours to apply sunscreen? And to get breakfast and to pack everything, you, like you already packed everything that you own and drove it from Kannapolis to Cherry Grove. And now, and now you have five wagons and a golf cart and a trailer lugging behind you, just getting all this, all this stuff to the beach. But you get there. And you're in your chair, and, and, and you're just, you're enjoying the day. Everything is fine until other people, as the day, as the morning moves on, other people start moving around you. And uh, tell me, tell me if, if this family has ever sat beside you on the beach. I, I'm going to call this family the Cheeto, Cheeto toddler boy family. And here's, here's what happens. So there's a little two-year-old toddler that's this like walking around and and he sees a seagull and he's got his bag of cheetos <laughs> oh you've been next to this family on the beach and this toddler thinks it's cute to start throwing out his his cheetos see this family this family is from iowa I don't know if you know this, but Iowa is actually a Native American word that means we've never been to the ocean. <laughs> and if anybody's watching from Iowa on live stream, sorry. <laughs> but little, but mom and dad, mom and dad thinks it's cute because they never, they've never, they've never seen the way of the seagulls before. And so you got little toddler Cheeto boy and he's out, Cheeto here, Cheeto, Cheeto there. And before you know it, you are diving on your own children because here's all the birds coming down. Mom and dad, get your little Cheeto boy out of here because it's not cute. It's not like they got their phone. Oh, isn't that so cute? That no, it's not. 
And you got all of these birds swooping in and snatching, snatching things of value. And the Bible says, Jesus says, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do with the good word in our lives. And sometimes the enemy uses people to do that. Anybody, anybody work with a seagull? <laughs> See, this is how this works. Um, that, that you received a good word on Sunday morning and you had the joy of the Lord until you walked into that meeting at 10 o'clock on Monday. And then that, I know these aren't seagulls, but work with me here. <laughs> and then that seagull in that 10 o'clock meeting swooped in and snatched your joy. Like, like you were good. You had, like we were, chains were falling. And man, I got peace about my situation until, until you, run into, you run into somebody on Tuesday and they swoop in and they snatch. But here, here's what I'm challenged with from this word is why are we leaving our joy and why are we leaving our peace setting out where anybody can get to them? Like, like, don't leave your joy where anybody can swoop in and snatch it away. Let me take you back to Sunday school. So the Sunday school song says, I got the joy, 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 joy. Where? Where? That's right. You got the joy of the Lord down in your heart. So don't wear it on your sleeve. Don't put it out where somebody else can get it. By the way, don't leave your purity just laying out where somebody else can snatch it from you. Don't leave your peace. Don't leave your emotions. If something is in your heart, the only way that somebody else can get it is if you get that, give them a key. For some of you, it's time to take back that you have given somebody else in your life a key to your heart. You don't let them snatch your joy. Snatch that key back right now and say, you don't have permission to touch my emotions like that anymore. I'm going to get a word and I'm going to guard, I'm going to guard that word. And then the second one is first bank of the crash and burn. First bank of the crash and burn. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. This describes every week of my teenage spiritual journey. Get right with Jesus on Sunday, lose him at school on Monday. Go to youth camp in July, lose Jesus in August. Don't look at me all holy like you lived a perfect teenage spiritual life. Like, like fall breakaway, I'm up here. And then I, like that was just, that was, that was my roller coaster and it was, it was awful. But here's the, here's the reason. Here's the reason. See, you got to know the reason. It's not just the what. It's the why behind the what. But since they don't have deep roots, they didn't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Problems and persecution. Problems and persecution. And so sometimes what happens in our lives is we allow problems and persecution to bury our word, to bury it. So we get, we get something from God, we get a word about healing, we get a word about life, we get a word about multiply, we get a word, whatever it is, we hang on to that word, but then it just gets buried. It can get buried 
from words of other people. It can get buried. Just time sometimes buries things. But problems, the problems that you face and sometimes the persecution that you go through, maybe somebody is facing this even at work where you're standing for what you feel is, is something of justice and righteousness and you're being persecuted for that. Hear me today. The problems and persecution in your life are never meant to bury you. They're meant to build you. And so when you begin to step into multiply, here's what God does. God takes things that were layered on top of you from the enemy and he uses them to build you. He raises you higher instead of you going down deeper. He lifts you up higher. And so the problems in your life, sir, God is going to use those. The persecution in your life, teenager, God is going to use that and we don't have to crash and burn every time we get hit. And then we got choked national. We got choked national here. So other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked, say choked, and it choked out the tender plants. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries, the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so that no fruit is produced. Do you see those two phrases together? The worries, the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So I, I don't know about you, but uh, that's not how society talks to me about the lure of wealth. They, they don't tell me that wealth is tied to worry. They tell me that wealth is tied to happiness. And so every commercial, every ad on social media, it's different messages and different uh, color, but, or it's different, it's different language, but the message is the same. The message is always buy this and you will have less worry in your life or you're, you'll be happier. And, and yet here's what, the, here's what Jesus says. Um, I was reading this past week, uh, a spiritual writer, highly recommend a guy by the name of Rick, Richard Rohr. And he's a German theologian, kind of a spiritual father, just a, a deep guy, but he, he writes, he's real accessible. And he says this about the parables of Jesus. Like if you read a parable of Jesus and it fits real nicely into your current worldview, you're probably reading it wrong. Like Jesus told these stories to flip society on its head. So society is telling you, hey, it's the, it's the lure of wealth. Just get, yeah, sir, you'll be happy with one more promotion. Ma'am, ma'am, once the kids get to this age, once they're, once they're out of diapers, all will be right with the world. If your kids are out of diapers, just nod and smile at the people who are not. And just, just let them pretend. Just let them pretend. But right, it's always what? Once you get your driver's license, once, 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 once. But here's what Jesus says. Jesus flips this whole thing on its head. And Jesus actually says, he says, it's the lure of wealth that causes worry. Do you know that many times in your life, the more stuff you have, the more stuff you got to worry about? And you get something, you get a bigger house, and now it's more air conditioning units to break. And you get, a, you get another vehicle, and now it's more taxes to pay on that vehicle. You know what I'm talking about. And so, and so here's what happens. At Choke National Bank, here's what happens. Is that we end up being choked by what we chase. We end up being choked, and so I chase after more wealth, and I get choked by it. I chase, I chase after another promotion, and I get choked by it. There's even, a, there's even a bank named Chase, right? It ought to be, it ought to be, it ought to be Chase and Choke. That's what they ought to name that bank. And here's, 
here's what I think Jesus is trying to teach us. It's like there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's the, it's the lure of it. Right, and here's where, we, here's where we can get this wrong too because you can read that verse and that's right, it's wealth is bad, wealth is bad. Well, stop that. That's, that's silly because if wealth is bad and if everybody was dirt poor, then who's going to fund present age ministries and, re- and rescue people out of human trafficking? Wealth is not evil. We will use our wealth to rescue people. We will use our wealth to glorify God. But watch this. Absolutely. So wealth isn't evil, but the lure of it is. And here's what the solution to that is. It's just contentment. The Bible says that godliness plus contentment is great gain. And so we say we're not going to allow the lure of wealth to, to choke us. And then here's the final thing. The final bank is the bank of multiply. The bank of multiply. Still other seed fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Um, By the way, Hannah and Jeff, like every time I read that in the first service, I felt this, but I want to tell you guys, I feel like you are entering into this multiply season of 30, 60, 100. And so I asked the Lord, I I said, uh, God, that feels a little generic. Could you give me one more picture? And this is the picture you gave me. Remember the, uh, when Indiana Jones was on that little car and he just jumped in the car and it was all crazy like that. I feel like that's the picture that he gave me. And then it was kind of like, like, God, we just got out. We did that already. And we're a little bit more stable now. But then what I felt like your reaction was going to be was, you know what? This is what we've done all of our lives. We know how to do this. We know how to trust God for more. And so that God is going to not only bless you with the 30, 60, 100, but he's going to give you the vehicle and the support team to get there. And he's going ahead of you. So we're just so honored to partner with you guys in that. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. And then Jesus explains that the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear, truly hear, which means that I can hear and not really hear, and understand God's word and produce. Truly hear, understand, and produce a harvest of 30 or 60 or even 100 times as much has been planted The only difference, the farmer's the same, the seed is the same. The difference, the difference is the soil. And I know that I'm preaching to a group today that wants this multiply soil. They want that multiply soil. But do you you know where multiply soil comes from, right? Yeah, pastor, it's on aisle 16 at Home Depot. I just walk and... All right, city boy, let me take you to school. Because soil doesn't just appear. doesn't just appear. Can I walk you through a little bit of topography today? You know what, you know what this soil is? This soil, if I drop a seed in this soil and cultivate it and water it and everything, it's going to produce great fruit. But this is just this that got worked over. This, this, this is just that hard soil that got dug up and plowed. 
So it's kind of a little bit of a trick question this morning. Do I want multiply soil? Yeah, pastor, I want multiply soil. I want God just to zap my heart with multiply soil. That'd be great. It's not how it works. How it works is that we say, God, I want to multiply. I want to multiply life. And God says, you want to multiply life? Yeah, God, I want to multiply life. And then God takes a shovel and he starts digging and he starts turning over areas in our life. And I'm like, oh man, I thought, God, I thought I had that buried. See, I had all of you fooled because it was buried, but I didn't have the Holy Spirit fooled. And so God needed to turn that over in my life. And so, and so, you know what? You know what multiply soil, soil is? It's, it's not only soil that has been plowed. It's that rocky soil. It's those stubborn places in your life that's been crushed. The minerals, the minerals to grow something are present within the rock, but it's not going to grow until it's been crushed. And so you know what God is doing in some of you this morning? He's crushing your pride. He's crushing, he's crushing greed. He's crushing, and it's not because God is mad at you. It's because he loves you so much that he wants you to live this multiply life. And then, and you know, you know what else about multiply soil? I, I don't know how to make this sound all pretty on a Sunday. And so forgive me, but I know this sounds a little bit crude, but I, I don't know how else to say it. You know what has been done to good soil? Um, it's been crapped on. You ever walk through a few of those situations where somebody just, well, anyway. See, here's the thing in our lives. Those things happen whether you serve God or not. Problems come, persecution comes, people treat you mean. They're gonna say one thing to your face and say something else behind your back. They're gonna put a contract in front of you and then not honor God. Like that stuff, that stuff happens. The question is, will we allow the Holy Spirit to come along and to begin to shape us and say, God, use every problem, use everything that's coming against me this morning and turn my life into a multiply life in the midst of this today, God. In the midst of this today, here's the thing. You don't, here's the false misnomer about multiply life. You don't buy that stuff in a bag. You look at somebody's marriage that you admire, they didn't buy that in a bag. You look at somebody's ministry that is producing fruit, they didn't buy that in a bag. I know their Instagram story makes it look like they bought it in a bag, but they didn't buy it in a bag. They've been through some stuff. And people did them wrong, but they said, God, for everybody that's coming against me, use it to multiply your kingdom. That's the difference. And so I believe that in the house today are people that are willing to say, God, whatever it takes, God, use it all. Use the crushing, use the plowing, use the pressing. God, I want to be multiply soil. God, I want a multiply heart. God, I want a multiply life. And in the crushing, and in the pressing, you are making new eyes. And in the soil I now surrender, cause you are breaking. 
this morning and I just want to remind you of something Pastor Doug said there we all have the same farmer and the same seed the same opportunity what makes it different is our heart what makes it different is the soil of our heart and I love this song because it basically says I'm going to surrender the soil of my life to you Christ I'm going to surrender to the word to the farmer let him do whatever he needs to do in my life in order to make it productive, to bring new life. So I just want to ask you this morning, maybe you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Christ. I just feel like this is just about as simple as I want to, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit wants to ask you today, you're not following after Christ, but you want to be a follower of Christ. If, that, if that's you this morning and you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not following Christ, but I want to leave here today following Christ. I want you just to slip, slip your hand up. I want to pray with you today. I want to follow after Christ. I want him to take my life and, and bring new life out of it, to bring purpose out of it. Yes, thank you. Look at across the floor here. You say, Pastor Steve, I want to be a follower of Christ. Yes. Let's pray this prayer together. Would you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Make me wide awake to your love, fully alive in your purpose. I believe that you died. I believe that you arose again. And I believe that you are Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.